This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hey, everybody. It's Review Mania time with oh, Rob boy. and Zach. Yay. We are back after a short hiatus. But now we bring you WrestleMania 11. Diesel oh, versus Shawn Michaels. Oh, WrestleMania. Uh, awful. <laughs> okay, so WrestleMania 11 is the 10th anniversary of WrestleMania. And um, it's right in the center of the new generation, which I guess we'll get into a little bit. Yeah. But did you like the opening package, Rob? Did I like the new package? Yes. I really feel like the WWF has finally got their grasp on the production stuff because it seems like every year it was like they did something new or at least, you know, that we hadn't seen in past WrestleManias. And, heck, even Raw was... I started watching the Raws now that they're available feeling like Raw than a normal Raw show would be. Like... The last couple years leading to WrestleMania, the year before last, was a glorified commercial. The year before that was an hour-long random Raw that, didn't, that just said, oh yeah, by the way, uh, WrestleMania is this week. But now I kind of feel like the WWF is finally like saying, hey, we still got your old favorite stars, or some of them at least, but we're going forward with new younger talent. The Bret Hart's, the Shawn Michaels, the Diesel's, the Sid's, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's no longer the Hulk Hogan show. That's true. It's no longer the Hulk Hogan show, but I was more talking about the opening package, which just showed all of the celebrities that had been at WrestleMania over the past 10 years. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to cut this whole thing out then. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I Yeah, that's right. I... I feel like this WrestleMania is when they jump the shark in terms of celebrity involvement. Well, yes, I would agree because it was WrestleMania starring Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Nick Turturro from NYPD Blue. And oh, then and some NFL people. <laughs> and then there's Bret Hart hanging out with Salt and Peppa. And all your other favorite people, like Jenny McCarthy and Pamela Anderson. Yeehaw. Buckle in. Uh, um, yeah, I I don't I don't know. I'm getting tired of celebrity shit. Obviously it never goes away. But this was just like crazy. It never goes away, but like they gave away the main event to a person who had never... Well, he had been in one wrestling match before, and it was a rumble. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I was thinking that after the fact. I'm like, what does this say to your fans that the WWF title is not closing the show? That Bam Bam Bigelow versus LT is your main event of the biggest show of the year, but yet... You know, it's not the WWF title. Like, damn. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, like, Bam Bam Bigelow, I think, is underrated anyway, and he could probably, and he should have had a main event. 
So I'm not knocking him for having one. No, 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 no. Nothing, nothing against LT or Bam Bam. They put on a respectable match. But the fact that you're a no, you're a non wrestler, like headlining the biggest show of the year, you know, it reminds me of what CM Punk says. You want me to put over a non wrestler who ain't someone who's going to, or, you know, you want me to put over someone who's not going to be there tomorrow. Right, and he was talking about The Rock. Yes, and I mean, like LT, he had been he was at WrestleMania two, and then hadn't been seen since then. Yes, because I mean he was in the NFL. So, but I guess we'll get into a little bit more of that as as, as time goes on. Yes. So, uh, what? Speaking of Raw. Uh, so I was watching the Raw before WrestleMania 10, or sorry, 11, I don't know why I wrote 10. It was a glorified commercial running down, oh, oh, yeah, 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 sorry, um, <clears throat> yay editing. So in watching before, WrestleMania 10 was a glorified running, uh, commercial running down all the matches and ending with a Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. This year's WrestleMania actually feels like the WF is putting, uh, all their history and all the events into use. On the other hand, based on the intro of the show, there are more celebrities and they're getting top billing over the wrestlers themselves, which, in my opinion, is complete horseshit. Well, right, because it was like, oh, WrestleMania 1 was Cindy Lauper and Muhammad Ali and Liberace, and WrestleMania 2 was... I don't know, what was it, like Robert Goulet? Or yeah, something? Robert Goulet and that horrible, horrible Rowdy Piper segment. And then they showed Little Richard and Aretha Franklin and anybody else who had shown up, Bob Uecker, all those other guys. And then and then they go into, from Home Improvement, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh my god, he was 13. Like, yeah. He looks like well, he's 10. Was, yeah, well, this was 1995. I was surprised that they said Home Improvement. I don't know. Maybe maybe The Lion King hadn't come out yet. Um, was... Lion King came out in 94. Yeah. But okay. I think he was known from Home Improvement. I mean, obviously. That's where I knew well, him from. Well, yeah, I mean, I know he was known from that, but he was Simba. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, but I think because he's on Home Improvement and you see him, uh, I mean, sure. I didn't even know he played Simba, young Simba. Yeah, I just learned this now as you said it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that big of a Disney person. But. Um, and then, yeah, they had Nicholas Tarturo from NYPD Blue, Blue, but he was like, and he he was on that show forever. But he wasn't, like, ever one of, like, the really big stars from that show. Oh, okay. Um, and then Pamela Anderson from Baywatch, also from Home Improvement. Yep. She was She was on that show before she left. Huh. And then, uh, I don't, I, and then they had Jenny McCarthy, who I don't understand why she's famous. Yeah, me neither. And at this point, I don't even know what she was famous for because they just said MTVs. I think she was a VJ or something. A VJ on on, on MTV. MTV. I think that's what it was. Yeah, and then they had Salt and Pepper, who were you know known for. I was for confused it. by the Salt and Pepper. I'll get into it because I mentioned it later, but I was very confused at why they were even there. 
the stand next to Bret Hart, then he can look at them. I, I, um, that, that, yeah. Anyway, as we've seen in the past years, celebrities have always been a part of WrestleMania, but this year they're everywhere. The main attraction, WrestleMania, starts going through the first ten years, uh, first ten WrestleManias, with a clip or two of each, and then it runs down the celebrities involved in the show. That that's it. There's no mention of a single fucking wrestling match. Yeah, and imagine buying this show. Now, WrestleMania on pay-per-view at this point was probably 29.95 probably. Yeah, like $30. Yeah. It's not it's not like it is now where it's $70 if you don't have the network. Yep. Um but still, imagine being a wrestling fan and paying your $30 and then you go and you see Salt Jonathan and Taylor Thomas. Yeah. Right, it's like, who are these people? Hey, if you don't know who G- JTT is, I know, I agree. I mean, even probably back then, you know, you didn't have a pay-per-view every month quite yet, but WrestleMania was probably the one that a lot of people got. Yeah, you know, it's like, you, you. I think this is right around the time they started doing the, those in-your-house pay-per-views. So, yeah, it was getting close. Yeah, so they're there's gonna start doing them like every month. But still in your house pay per views are only fifteen dollars, so you're paying even more yeah, for, for something and you're not gaining your wrestling. I had scramble vision back in the day. Mm. <laughs> um that was the one, you know, you used to watch it scrambled, you don't have to watch it unscrambled. Yeah, and then it would clear up for a second. Like, yeah, I saw something. <laughs> yes. But you could hear what was going on. Yes. You just yeah. couldn't, you just you couldn't, couldn't see watch it. it. Yeah. Good way to watch porn back then, too. Just, you know, young young me. You know, the good old days. Yes. Um, so, Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler are our commentators. And... So, uh, they both explain that WrestleMania... It's for people who have never watched the WF before or WrestleMania. Like, what? Like, off the bat, Vince McMahon is like, God damn, we need more people watching this. I know. We'll fill it with celebrities. Well, and they'll pay us. Yeah. I mean, to a certain degree, I can kind of see where he's coming from because at this point, Hulk Hogan's gone, and their numbers are in the tank. Oh, yeah. And I'm assuming, yeah. I would assume, uh, for that WrestleMania week, they probably bombarded the TVs, you know, the talk shows, and whatever. You know, hey, Nicholas Totoro, from everybody, hey, guys, I'm at WrestleMania, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm and, assuming. I mean, like, Vince has always had a partnership with, like, NBC, so he was probably on there, and all this other stuff. So he was... You know, so the celebrity involvement this year is because they'd have no big stars. They're basically admitting that they have nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and and I can imagine that that must be hard for Kevin Nash to deal with because, you know, he's so good as champion and, you know, he smiles so well. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but still, yeah, I think that's, I think that's basically it. Um, okay. So... Oh god. Okay, let's get into it then. First match. Well, before we get into the first match. Yeah. I know it's probably 
not great, but why did they have a blind woman sing the national anthem this time around? I don't know. I mean, it was from, a, I know it's a, it's a special Olympian and, and it's, you know, it's great and all that other good stuff for optics and things like that. That's probably why. But it's like, <laughs> the Star Spangled, or America the Beautiful, they didn't sing the national anthem. They always sing America the Beautiful at wrestling shows for some reason. Um, yeah. That song has two verses. And she just sang the same verse over and over again. <laughs> I don't know. Knew. It was it was odd, is all I have to say. Yeah. Alright. Match number one. How far have Lex Luger fallen? And how do you say the British Bulldog? Because Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Lex Luger and the British Bulldog versus the Blue Brothers. Is that what they were called? Okay. It's Jacob and Eli Blue with a young, young, young Uncle Zabakiah. Okay, you say he's very young. But I know he's not. <laughs> but Dutch Mantel is not a young man here. No, he is not a young man. I know, but he looks a lot, hell of a lot younger than he does nowadays. Well, that's true. And he can walk. That that That's true, too. Yeah, it was awesome seeing uh, Zab Coulter, as you new fans know him, a.k.a. Dirty Dutch Mantel, a.k.a. Uncle Zabakiah. Yeah, you know, it's actually pretty funny that Zeb Coulter is the same character as Uncle Zebekiah yes. just years later. Yes, now he's just a racist. No, uh, yes, instead of being a weird cowboy man, he's now just a racist. Yes. <laughs> so the match starts off fast with both Luger and British Bulldog getting moves in stereo. Vince McMahon can't even tell if Jacob or Eli is in the ring. Bulldog... Uh, I wrote Bulldog, and then I wrote, and as Vince McMahon said, let's just call him Jacob. So he doesn't even know his own performers. And they well, were he doesn't like, know these two. These are twins. Yeah. And, you know, these are this is Ron and Don Harris. Oh, I didn't know la- that. Who would later become the TNA uh, Skull and Eight Ball yep. of DOA. Yep. And then uh, Southern Justice in WCW. And then the Dicks. Uh, yes, that's <laughs> yes. Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, that's why Bulldog. I must have screwed something up. Bulldog uh, and Jacob are in the ring. The twins beat up on Bulldog with a double team moves, or attacking while in the on the apron. And at one point, Bulldog gets an inside cradle, but the ref is talking with Lex. Uh, with Lex, Bulldog gets the visual pinfall. The brothers keep up with quick tags. And more double team moves. Eventually, Davy Boy is able to get the advantage, but the twins do the uh, do a twin magic. That's what I think I want to wrote to, uh, to keep on Davy Boy. Uh, a missed flying leg drop from the second rope allows Bulldog to tag Lex in, and Lurid comes in with a full head of steam with multiple clotheslines and a very sloppy power slam. Lex goes after Uncle Zeb. And again, the Blue Brothers do a twin magic. Lex is being pulled, uh, put into the powerbomb position, and Bulldog randomly comes off the rope and does a sunset flip for a three count. There was no tag. Your winners are Lex and Bulldog. Yeah. Um, so this is a nothing match. Yeah. I literally wrote, 
This match was awful. And the match ending made no sense. Why do you do, why do, you do the twin magic and then get pinned? What the fuck? Where are my notes? <laughs> right. And here, here's, the, here's the funny part. This is 1995. In a few months, Lex Luger is going to show up in the Mall of America. Yes. Yes, so he is. He's going to be gone soon. And, you know, Bulldog's going to stick around for a little while longer, but he's not going to do much. So, did the Blue Brothers ever, like, did they gain any prominence? I, I'll be honest, I hadn't even heard of them. I didn't even know, like, I knew that Coulter was a manager of some kind, but I didn't, you know, like, nothing came of, like, I didn't, like, oh, yeah, it was yeah, manager of the Blue Brothers. The, uh, the, Blue, the Blue Brothers, no, but when they became, um... Oh no! I remember when they were DOA because that was during the Attitude Area era when they were like, I remember they were feeding with DX and DX pissed all over their bikes, and yeah, they always they fought with the nation too. Yeah, when they became DOA, that's when they started gaining prominence, and then they hooked up with Jeff Jarrett. Yes, and I remember that because during the '96, '97 era of Raw, the WWF was loving their street gangs, and it was the nation. Always fighting with DOA and... And Los Bariquas. Yes, Los Bariquas. And the Truth Commission was also around that yes, time, too. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Cyrus was awesome. I'm sad the Truth Commission never got better. It was weird, though. We'll get well, there, they though. Had Ker- yeah, they had Kurgan. Yeah, they did. You're right. Oh, thank you, F4W, for making me watch those again. Good times. <laughs> Jim Ross is with the... So here's the other thing that was, I found kind of odd. So last year, Jim Ross was, uh, or, you know, Jim Ross had been brought into the company a year or two previous. Now he's a glorified uh, interviewer. And I found it interesting that they kept changing up the format of how they wanted to do things from year to year. You know, I think it was last year when we saw them going, match, backstage interview, match, backstage interview, match, etc. Now, Jim Ross was waiting at the entranceway to get an immediate reaction, and then they might kick back to a, uh, you know, a skit or something. I think they were just trying to find something for Jim Ross to do. Yeah, and I am so glad we're getting close to being done because I'm so sick and tired of Vince. He is so phony sounding. What a maneuver! Hey, I tell you, King. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Uh, but I love King. I love fucking King. Anytime he was talking shit about Stu Hart, and just, <laughs> it was hilarious. All right, so they go to Nick. I wrote Nick whatever, because I didn't know his last name. Nick Turturro, or whatever. And they have technical difficulties where we can't hear anything, so they give up and go to a random crowd shot to kill time. So WrestleMania continues to still be the, you know, technical nightmare. <clears throat> Uh, the next, uh, match was the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Jeff Jarrett with The Roadie, a.k.a. The Road Dog. And I never knew that's where he got that. I was like, ah, Road Dog, that's a weird name, that's kind of cool. No, he just came from his fucking gimmick. Yeah, he basically just kept the gimmick. Yeah, he's like, whatever, you need a new name. Road Dog. Road Dog Jesse James. I love it. Oh, you didn't know? I was the roadie, son. Uh, yeah, Jeff Jarrett versus Razor Ramon. 
more technical difficulties as a one, two, three kid comes out and his mic doesn't work. But basically says that if the roadie interferes, you'll have to deal with him. So, um, for some reason, uh, the roadie and one, two, three kid are feuding. Uh, Razor and Double J start fighting, the bell rings, and then the randomly the lights go down, and Razor's fireworks go off, and he poses. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, you know, he has to get that cool, that cool pose in, because, you know, he's Razor Ramon, man. Exactly. A quick start with Jared flying all around the ring, sliding under the legs of Ramon. Ramon gets Jared up for the Razor's edge, but the roadie grabs the feet, to save him. Double J then tries uh, to leave, but 1-2-3 uh, blocks the aisle. The roadie is taken out, and Double J is thrown over the top rope. Vince brings up the count, uh, the count out rule. Uh, the neck breaker by Double J, and several standing drop kicks, and a backslide by Razor for a two. Both men headbutt each other in the middle of the ring. But they get up at three. Like, they should have maybe, you know, let the breathe a little more. They then do a double punch knockout spot, and the crowd starts booing. And again, another countout spot. Razor gets up to up at eight, and the crowd firmly uh, is firmly behind Razor at this point. A pinfall for a near two, but Double J kicks out. Razor then uh, hits a follow-away slam. For another two. One, two, three kid tries to crotch double J on the post, but Jared kicks him off into the barricade. Razor then tries for some move off the second rope and misses. Uh, now hurt, his, uh, uh, he hurts his knee, and double J puts the figure four leg lock on in the middle of the ring. Several pin attempts during the figure four leg lock, but eventually Razor turns it around. Jared is put on the top rope, and a super reverse suplex, and Roman hobbling around, calls for the Razor's edge, and gets in, gets up, but then the roadie slides in, and takes out the knee of Razor, and the bell is called. One, two, three, basically, uh, beats the shit out of the roadie, with a roundhouse kicks, but Double J saves the roadie, and he puts the figure four on one, two, three, kid. Eventually, many refs come down and break up the fighting, and Razor Ramon is called the winner due to DQ. They're clearly building for a tag team match. Jeff Jarrett uh, has a bloody nose and is with Jim Ross walking to the back. J.R. admonishes Double J. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad when Jim Ross is like, oh, I tell you what. Yeah, and this is right before, because Razor's still there, but this is, like, right around the time that they, like, within a year, they're going to try to do the um, Jim Ross heel character. Oh, God. And so it's just kind of funny uh, hearing him admonishing him when you know that within, like, a year or two, he's going to be, like, trying to be uh, the a heel character repping hey, for fake Diesel and it fake It wouldn't be the first Razor. time. He does it like three, four times. But yeah. No, I know. Double the heel, the fake diesel. Yeah. Um, this but, match I thought was pretty decent, but it wasn't like great. Like, Jeff Jarrett's definitely good in the ring. And Razor Ramon, like, can be good. But 
they definitely played up the roadie uh, one, two, three kid quite a bit. So it's kind of like, ah, uh, you couldn't have a great match. Yeah, and and the crowd booing in the middle of the match, they they knew that this was going to be a a DQ finish. They could sense it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's kind of weird um, having a WrestleMania where the first two matches don't necessarily have clean finishes. I mean, the Lex Luger Bulldog match has a clean finish, but there was no tag. Yeah, and I, honestly, though, I don't think many people probably noticed the nod tag and probably cared, yeah. to be honest. But yeah, this match was definitely like... It felt like it should have been on Raw. Yeah. Like, there's no conclusion. There's no nothing. So... Alright, speaking of going back to the old superstars... King Kong Bundy with Ted DiBiase versus The Undertaker. So, at the Royal Rumble, IRS repoed their urn from Paul Bear because maybe it's so expensive. <laughs> yeah, and they had to use the repo man. Yes. Uh, the million dollar man still has the urn and comes out with it. The arena darkens, and the first time we get the famous entrance at WrestleMania. Bundy tries to attack the Taker, uh, tries to attack with the Taker's back turned, but the Taker sidesteps. Taker walks the ropes and hits an axe handle, and Bundy stays on his feet. After several clotheslines, Taker gets Bundy down. Taker is clotheslined out of the ring and lands on his feet, and he takes the urn from DiBiase. And now the Taker is hulked up. Uh, DiBiase leaves the ringside area, but waves someone out, and it's Kama, the extreme fighting machine. Kama gets the urn back and leaves with it to the back. You know I've never a- seen Kama before until now. You've never seen Kama? Well, I saw Kama, like, I saw him, like, in the nation days when he wasn't really the Kama. He's still Kama, but he wasn't MMA fighting Kama. He was just no, Kama. He, he was Kama Mustafa. Yeah. Okay, but you've never seen Kama, the ultimate fighting machine, with a no. giant gold chain. Yeah. No, I'm like, is this what UFC was back in 1995? No, it wasn't. What UFC was in 1995 was Dan Severn and his gray t-shirt that was covered in sweat all the time for some reason. <laughs> that is true. But... Uh. <laughs> so... Um, but Papa Shango didn't know that, so he was just like, "I'll wear a gold chain and get a weird haircut and wear and Spandex. wear a singlet yeah. with a T-shirt." Yes. So during the match, they cut to Jim Ross, and Kama says he's going to melt down the urn and make a necklace out of it. Meanwhile, Bundy is having his way with the Undertaker. A small "Rest in Peace" chant breaks out. And Bundy, with a splash and a slow two-count by the first time, ref Larry White, who is also an MLB, MLB empire. So I forgot to mention that. Yeah, this is a special guest referee. Whoopty fucking... Oh, no, no, he wasn't a special guest referee. They just made a big deal that he was an umpire or something. He wasn't... Have- well, wasn't... I think there might have been, like, a baseball strike going on. There was, yeah. Yeah, you're right, there was. Uh, a sleeper hold by Bundy on Taker... After a while, Taker gets up, but Bundy keeps on Taker with a running splash to the corner. 
Taker comes back with a big boot and a body slam and a fine clothesline to get the uh, pinfall. So, uh, another not great match. I mean, it's kind of funny because they, like, put The Undertaker and, like, the Hulk Hogan. Remember Hulk Hogan versus Bundy in the cage? This is what it felt like. Hulk Hogan, Undertaker was Hulk Hogan. You just couldn't get him down. Yeah, well, and it was also weird seeing Undertaker win a WrestleMania match without a tombstone. <laughs> that is and, true. I mean, he probably couldn't get Bundy up for it. No, I nor would I want to. I'd be afraid I'd drop his, drop him right. on his neck and paralyze him or something. But this is it for King Kong Bundy. He doesn't. This come is his last one. Oh. now does he leave wrestling or? No, he he doesn't leave wrestling. He just doesn't come back to the WWF. Um, he he does make an appearance or two for ECW. Really? Yep. Wow. Well, you have to understand that ECW. Oh, it's um, just getting. It, yeah, they just gotten it, big, or at least started well, out. I mean, yeah, they had. You know, they started out like this is right at like ninety four was when they had the or ninety three was when they did. They separated from the NWA, but yep. they um, still use some um, old names here and there. So he made an appearance or two in WCW or in ECW, um, and he did indie dates because, um, like, Colt Cabana often says that his third match ever in the Indies was against King Kong Bundy. Oh wow. And that was like in 1999, 2000. Oh, wow. So he was there for quite a while still. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of sad. So back to Nick, who is still trying to find Pamela Anderson, who says that she has a dis- had a disagreement with HBK, and the all-pro team comes out and challenges every person. Nick then walks into the locker room where Jonathan Taylor Thomas, this is my favorite part of the fucking show, he walks into uh, the locker room, where Jonathan Taylor Thomas is playing chess with Bob Backlund. Bob then cuts a promo about being uh, distracted and then talks about uh, the media. He talks about, he asks who is Pamela Anderson and JTT wins the match, the chess match. So he says that youngsters need, uh, uh, youngsters don't need to know everything. And he asks questions of Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who asks them, and Backlund gets upset and runs and walks out. So he was like, well, if you think you're a know-it-all, um, you know, in, in, in the Civil War, you know, what, what happened at the Battle of blah, blah, blah. And he asks these, like, you know, just questions. And he's like, oh, and th- this happened, and blah, 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 blah. And it was awesome. This was, like, my favorite segment of the entire show. I fucking love Bob Backlund. Yeah, I know. He was a he's a he's a crazy person. He is, and but he's I, hilarious. He he's got very good comedic timing. He does. He does, but he's absolutely insane and he was just be allowed to be insane and, and it was fun. Taylor Thomas just kind of no sells it. It was awesome though because he was like so smug about it. He's like, I got this. Now, <laughs> but yet he still had like the innocence of like you know, he was like, Oh what? I just answered your questions. Right, right. Well, let's go back a, a second to the all pro team. 
Steve McMichael was there. Yes, I know. I was like, "What? Hold on, what?" And I had to stop him. Like, there's this goddamn ponytail. That fucking yep. Steve McMichael, who's going to be on the goddamn Four Horsemen in two years. I know it's Mongo oh. with his with his tiny dog. Well, here's the thing, though. He also is in WCW Very later quickly. this year as a commentator. Wow! There you go. Because if you if you watch the first um, Nitro, it's Tony Schiavone, Mongo, and Bobby Heenan Bobby as Heenan, the yeah. announce team. Maybe we should watch the first Nitro. That'd be fun. It it's not that great. I know it's not. I remember watching it when it first aired. Because well, no, I, I I watched it relatively recently, and it has a really good match between Jujin Liger and Brian Pillman. Oh yeah, then, that was like the first match or something, or the second match. Yeah. And then, and then the rest it has of the show a sucky is shit. match between Hulk Hogan and and the Big Boss Man. Yes, Ray Trailer. Yeah, I know. I remember watching it not too long ago myself, and ugh, <laughs> I remember watching it live and wishing I was at the Mall of America because I was only an hour and a half away from it, if that. And my mom wouldn't take me, and I was bummed. And then you could have gone to Pasta Mania, brother. Never got a chance to go to Pasta Mania. It didn't last long. I know. I hear it was. I hear it wasn't very good pasta. <laughs> What's good that anything that Hulk Hogan's name is on? Nothing. Meat right. warming shoes. What? Oh, there was a prototype for Hulk Hogan meat warming shoes. The hell! So there was a little compartment, and then you would stick a piece of bacon in there, and it would stay warm. The hell. <laughs> All right, moving on. Owen Hart comes out and introduces his mystery tag partner as Yokozuna. So, for the WWF Tag Team Championship, it's Owen Hart and Yokozuna versus the Smoking Guns. And my God, Billy Gunn was awful. And again, I never knew where the gun came from in Billy Gunn. I just thought it was Billy Gunn. Nope. He was Billy Gunn, Gunn of the Smoking Guns with yep. his brother Bart. Yep. Again, I'm learning things. The Smoking Guns react to Yokozuna with Vince McMahon. They are confident they can still win. Vince says that Yokozuna is even bigger than last year. A slight dig. Uh, kind of backhanded remark from Vince McMahon. Because at this time, uh, Yokozuna, unfortunately, was kind of losing his battle with his weight gain and... Uh, Ain't gonna be around much longer. Well, well. Here's the thing, though, is that Yokozuna actually was told multiple times to lose weight. Oh no, no, I, I, I yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand and, that, but and but here's the thing: he didn't want to lose weight. Ah, he was like, I'm fine. Oh, okay. And, I thought maybe and, he had like a uh, maybe some kind of disorder or you know something. Well, I mean. Possibly, but he, he, I, I read Bret Hart's biography Mm -hmm. and in it, he talks about when Yokozuna was released and he said that, um, before Yokozuna died, he continued to gain weight and he was taking it as a prideful thing because he wanted to be the heaviest man ever to step into a ring. Oh, okay. Huh? He, and he died before that. Yeah. And 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 to be honest, though, 
he his he's like maybe five eleven. He's not that big. He's not that tall mm-hmm. of a of a person, and so a person that size can only hold so much weight. Yeah. So there are people that are a lot bigger than him, like Loch Ness and ha- giant haste and uh, haystacks Calhoun and all those other people who are in the six seven eight hundred pound range but they were also like six seven <laughs> yeah their their frame was a little bit more uh, built for that kind of girl they, they were they were taller and therefore could hold more weight yes and so i don't know yeah but yes he was he was significantly bigger than he was at wrestlemania 10 yeah it showed too um he barely worked in this match so i want to billy start off quick Yokozuna is tagged in, and Bart gun as well. Yokozuna with a one-arm body slam, which looked pretty impressive, and he tries for a flying elbow drop, but Bart rolls out of the way. Quick tags by the smoking guns to perform double-team moves on Owen Hart. Owen then gets a reverse fame-asser on Owen for a two-count. Yokozuna is tagged in and hits a big leg drop to the back of Billy's head. After a drop toehold by Owen, Owen drags Billy outside and slams him back his back into the post. Yokozuna then goes up for the bonsai drop and hits it on Billy. Owen is tagged in and gets the pinfall. Your new ta- champions, Owen Hart and Yokozuna. I love the fact that Owen had to get the pin so he could celebrate. Well, yes, and... Because he's clearly better than his brother. Yep. Clearly. Well, I actually think Owen Hart is better than his brother. Myself. I never really liked Bret Hart that much. Um, but uh, Owen is just so entertaining. Yeah, no, I definitely... Now that I've seen more of his matches and stuff, I hate... Like, so I started watching... I mean, I watch wrestling at this time... Um, off and on, but, you know, I couldn't watch it because I was too young. And, you know, I couldn't watch Raw and stuff because I had to go to bed. But mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing Owen Hart. I remember seeing Owen Hart for the first time in 97, and I didn't like Owen Hart. I thought he was boring. And now that I'm older and, you know, I've seen more of his stuff and have better context, he's freaking awesome. Yeah, he is. So, yeah, I like Owen. Uh, next up was the I Quit match. Bob Backlund... Versus Bret Hart. And your favorite. Yes. Uh, Roddy Hart- Piper. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So for whatever reason, Roddy Piper is introduced for the as a special guest referee. How many times now in the WrestleManias that we've watched has freaking Piper come out for some segment that he's a surprise? This is like the third or fourth time. Yeah, well, his movie career is not doing that great. <laughs> Death come or hell comes to Frogtown didn't bl- blow up the world. Damn. Sorry, Roddy. So yeah, Roddy Piper is the special guest referee. Um, as far as I'm aware, this is the first I Quit match with the microphone where you've got to audibly say I Quit. Well, it was certainly the first one at WrestleMania. Oh, there was more. Okay. Because remember we had the one last year where it was a. I quit match, but it was the, hey, you've got to get back in by the count of 10. Mm, After the pinfall. So, anyway. Bret Hart gets the early advantage with punches and tries for a sharpshooter early. 
King brings up WrestleMania 8 and asks McMahon, who Hart defeated? And Vince says, ah, the, the British Bulldog. Which is incorrect. It was Rowdy Piper. Insinuating that, you know, Piper's going to screw Bret Hart based on what happened at WrestleMania 9. Or WrestleMania 8. With that awesome promo about sandwiches. And that was a great match. And a great promo. It was a good match. Uh, Hart hits a figure four, but Backlund doesn't quit. Backlund gets an... Uh, an armbar, take down on Hart, who Piper asks, and he says no. Backlund keeps trying to go for the chicken wing, but keeps working on the arm breaker instead. And Hart keeps getting asked, he keeps saying no. Backlund is taken down after a backbreaker and a fist off the top rope. Hart tries for uh, to get a sharpshooter of his own, and Backlund, uh, Backlund uh, but Bob quickly gets to the ropes. Hart tries for the shoulder tackle uh, in the corner, but Backlund moves out of the way, and Hart goes shoulder first into the ring post. Uh, Bob Backlund is able to kind of get the chicken wing on, but he can't completely wrap uh, Hart up. Hart reverses with his own chicken wing, and Piper asks, and all you hear is groans and screams, and then the bell rings. Yeah, okay, so... This is another point where reading Bret Hart's biography comes in handy. Good. He he hated working with Bob Backlund. He didn't like Bob Backlund. Really? Said he was, yeah. Um, well, for one thing, he said that the cross-faced chicken wing actually hurt. Like, oh, I bet. He ran on the bridge in the nose or something. Well, yeah, but it also, like, hurt his arms and stuff like that when Backlund put it on. So he didn't like it. And so he said that the best, the best revenge was putting it, putting it on Backlund himself at WrestleMania. So he put it on the exact same way that Backlund had been putting it on him. Oh. So that he would know what it felt like. Those um, screams might have been real. <laughs> right, he was shooting on him a little bit, but like, I think also part of it is like, Backlund's from that generation where if you say I quit, then um, you can't come back or something like that. So that's why he was like, Wah! Wah! <laughs> See, like, I would have thought he would have liked that match because it was nothing but holds, and I thought it was boring as shit. Well, I, yes. I mean, a lot of Bret Hart matches are boring. Um, but, yeah, no, he he really didn't like working with Bob Backlund because Bob just hurt him. Huh. Well, so, there you go. But he might have been that. Like you said, that mindset of, it's real, you got to kayfabe it. You know, yeah. I don't know. So, uh, after the match, Jim Ross is with Bob, and he speaks in gibberish about seeing the light and walks away. Nicholas Totoro uh, says he can't find Pamela Anderson, but there's been a celebrity change. He says that she's left the building, so this is a substitution. Todd Pettengale is with Diesel. He says that he knows Sean's game plan, and to win, he's going to show everyone why he's a WWF champion. Special guest timekeeper, JTT, uh, who Vince says... Actually. Oh, sorry. Let's let's just go back to the Diesel promo. He okay. actually he actually like 
flubbed his line. He did. And he said he was going to regain the title. <laughs> he did. He kind of <laughs> got marble mouth, and he's like, "I'm going to regain. Uh, I'm going to win." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Uh, so we're getting ready for the main event, or the unofficial main event, the WWE Championship match. Such a guest timekeeper is JTT. Who Vince says is a fine young actor and a fine young man. King asks, how old is he? He is only 13. He looks much younger. He is now 37 in 2018. And still working with Tim Allen. Oh, is he on that new show? Yeah. Wow, I did not know that. Um, I don't watch that new show, Neither but my parents do. And I've I've seen the commercials. Hmm. Well, there you go. It's Tool Time 2. I like yes. Boogaloo. It's basically the same show. It is. They've pretty much said as much. Special guest ring announcer is Nicholas Tutorial. Nick has a super thick Boston accent, and it's funny. <laughs> and he yells, Are you ready? Let's go! Alright. Shawn Michaels comes out with Jenny McCarthy and Sid. Diesel comes down with... Mm, Pamela Anderson. She's turned heel. Uh, well, I think she turned face. What? At, wait. Oh. China was supposed to be the heel? Yes. I did not realize that. Oh, well. Yes. Whatever. Well, <sighs> usually, usually when a smaller guy faces the big guy, yeah. the small guy is the face. That's what but, I thought. But no, Shawn Michaels is a, is a heel. Gotcha. Because he... Because he has Sid. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And I thought Sid had turned. See, I just thought that Sid turned into a good guy at some point. So okay. Fair enough. So yeah, WWF Championship match: Shawn Michaels with Sid versus Diesel, the champion. The match that made Kevin Steen want to become a professional wrestler. Fucking hell, Kevin! What's wrong <laughs> with you? What? What? What about this match? You're just like. That could be me someday. I don't know. Like, he, he just said that he fell in love with this match and he wanted to be Shawn Michaels. Whoa. What a terrible match. I know. All it's right. not a good one. Well, inspiration comes in all forms. Yeah. Can't say, uh, you know, hey, look where he is now. Injured. Well, yes, he is injured at, at, a, at the moment, but he's also a former Ring of Honor champion. A former three-time PWG champion and a former Universal champion. Yep, he's doing pretty damn so, good for himself. And he made the so list. And he made the list. So Diesel starts throwing Michaels all around the ring like a rag doll, and a huge, really, fu- really big back body drop. Um, Michaels lands on a photographer on the outside who is surrounding the ring. Anything Michaels tries, Diesel has an answer for. Eventually, Michaels gets out of the out of a body press attempt, and he tries to suplex Diesel, but it's reversed into a suplex of his own. He's on such a flip attempt by HBK, but Diesel just picks him up, and Diesel tries to get a big boot, uh, but he catches the top rope, which gives Sean a chance to knock Diesel out of the ring, uh, and then a cross-body block from the top rope to the outside. Diesel's thrown ribs first into the post. Michael splashes Diesel on the floor from the apron. 
Six years later, Diesel finally gets back into the ring, and he can barely stand. So, the story they were telling at this point was... Well, obviously, Sean didn't want to win by count-out because he wouldn't get the title. But the the way they were spinning it was, Oh, Michaels doesn't want to win this way. He wants to he wants to do it the right way. So he was, like, distracting the ref and, like, you know, whatever. You know, Sean could have just walked out there and picked up Diesel and threw him back in the ring himself, but he was too damn lazy. He could have, or he could have directed Sid to do it. Exactly. Sid, pick up this guy. Yes. So <laughs> Sean keeps attacking the ribs. Michaels hits a flying bulldog off the top rope for a two-count on Diesel. Lots of kicks to the gu- uh, ribs. And a very slow and plotting match at this point. Michaels hits a flying forearm for a two-count. He then slaps on a sleeper hold while riding Diesel. He falls to the canvas, and Earl Hebner checks the arm. Twice it falls, and the third time he sticks it up. Diesel then picks up Michaels while still having the sleeper on and, sl- and ramming Michaels into the corner. Uh, he then follows up with repeated elbow strikes to the corner and then throws from pillar to post several times. Michaels hits a super kick, but Earl Hebner was hurt dealing with Sid on the outside. And Michaels gets the visual pinfall. And then the real pinfall, Diesel kicks out. Sid exposes the metal turnbuckle behind Earl Hebner's back. But it's hilarious because he exposes the turnbuckle and he goes, Hey! Hey, hey, Sean! Hey, the turnbuckle, Sean! It's Earl standing, like, right there. Check this out! I did this! <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, yes, but this is also the man who said very proudly, You're only half, half the, the man, man that man. I am, and I got half the brains that you do. Yes. Ah, so. Yes. So Diesel comes back with a back suplex. Sean tries for another flying bulldog, but Diesel catches him for a sidewalk slam. Both men are down, and Earl starts to count. Diesel hits a slingshot, sending Michaels against the middle turnbuckle. I think he was supposed to hit the top one, but he was too far away and just couldn't hit it. So he hit the middle one instead. He then turns, uh, hits a big boot and fires up seemingly, not having a rib injury anymore. Uh, he calls for the jackknife. He hits said jackknife and gets the cover for the win. Still, WWF champion, Diesel. After the match, Shawn Michaels is with, uh, uh, Sid is up with, J- with JR and he says, Michaels isn't done with Diesel. Diesel invites both the women and JTT and Nick into the ring, and McMahon claims that Diesel's the new generation leader. Nope. So what do you think of the before we get any further, what do you think of the match? Um It was boring. I'd say it wasn't the worst WF title match we've seen so far, but Yeah, this is up there. This is probably number two. You know, you know what? It, it's it's weird because these two are like friends, and they like each other. And you would think they would sit down that, and like do something awesome. That they would have good chemistry, but they don't. And and I don't know if it's because Kevin Nash can't work. It's probably part of part of that, or that Sean is too small to really work with 
somebody that big because yeah that could definitely be it because with hogan he had the muscles sean isn't sean's good he's but he's not ripped he's not larger than life sean's just like he's a plucky underdog yeah he can do these cool kip-ups and splashes and dives and stuff but yeah i think that's what it is i think you hit the nail on the head he's not good against big men yeah, uh, or if he he can be because like oh, later on he, he later on he has really good matches with like Batista and all this other. And, but um, I also think though Batista and the other big men, the times have changed. This was still like Goliath versus, uh, you know, uh, whatever Giant versus Goliath and. And, uh, you know, it was just like, oh, okay, great. Small guy wrestle a big guy. Yeah, so I I think it's a combination of Shawn Michaels at this point is, well, I mean, he has, Shawn Michaels has really good matches with The Undertaker only like two years after this. And Undertaker's about the same size as Diesel is. So what I think it is, is Shawn Michaels can work really well with big men if the big men are willing to work alongside him. And I don't know, I I just don't think Diesel was willing to do it because Diesel's moveset has always been really limited. Yeah, it's always been big boot, the the the, the hip the knees attack the, in the, the corner, the butt the, things in the corner, then back elbows in the corner. Very, very, like... Deliberate, slow plotting. He wasn't like ripping Sidewalk out a slam. Yep, and then the power bomb. I, I mean, occasionally he does cool things like he'll like do a power bomb with somebody through a table, or he'll lawn dart Rey Mysterio. But like, <laughs> yes, into a trailer. <laughs> right, but it's like it's always like one impact move, and then it's back to. I'm going to throw you into the corner, and then I'm going to say I'm going to do knee attacks in the corner, but it's really I'm just hitting you with my butt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what it is. Yeah. So. So there you go. All right. So after the match, so Todd Pettengill's with Sean, who cuts a great promo. Saying that he had Diesel, he gave him some chin music, and he got the pinfall. And baseball has multiple empires, football has multiple refs. Why doesn't the WWF have more than one ref? And because Earl Hebner was hurt that he didn't get the WWF championship. I love this promo. It was awesome. I felt bad for Sean. <laughs> this is my life. This is what happens to me. Finally, the main event. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Lawrence Taylor and his all-star team of football players. The NFL players are in the ring and push Kama and Bundy off the apron. Oh yeah, a bunch of million-dollar man jabronis came out to the ring. Who gives a shit? Uh, they get most... It's not just, it's not just million-dollar man jabronis. There's Nikolai Volkov there. He, you respect Nikolai Volkov. Fine, bunch of has-beens. And Nikolai Volkov. And Vol- <laughs> 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 so, 
I don't know if they cut something off on the network, but they cut to like Salt and Pepper, like dancing and shit. And when Bam Bam Bigelow comes down, like one of them was like trying to attack him. She gets held back. Oh, um. Vince McMahon made some mention of lyrics about him. They, um, they did a performance of their song, What a Man. for Lawrence Lawrence Taylor and they probably had to cut that from the network it was weird because it was literally like smash cut to to the girls dancing and Big Man Big Low coming out it was weird okay that makes sense during the pre-match action Vince kept calling even during the ride it's gonna be a Donnie Brook I'm like who the fuck talks like this Vince well, McMahon. <laughs> I looked up Donnie Brook. It's the right fucking phrase. It means an all-out brawl, like an like a unmitigated brawl, or you know, unimpromptu brawl. Well, you have to remember that Vince McMahon grew up in the 1940s when you know it's like, oh boy, Jiminy Crickets, blah 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 blah. Like, yeah, they had all these weird. On Raw, they things. had like a thing with Vince, and like he's like, oh, it's gonna be a Donnie Brook. You better watch WrestleMania. NFL. I was actually surprised they had to keep the uh, uh, Monday Night theme. Yeah. Of course, it's probably just a generic, like, I don't know. The, the NFL well, I, think they, I think they have the rights to those songs forever. Probably. Because, like, they had, they used that Papa Roach song for Raw for, like, seven years. Oh, yeah. That would be weird. <laughs> No, no. Oh, sorry. We don't have lights anymore. Here's a generic stock theme for a new Raw intro for five years. Right. Or, you know, they did Thorn in Your Eyes for years and years. You know, yep. all that other stuff. Yeah. No, I, that makes sense. The ref explains the rules forever. And, oh, yeah. By the way, the ref is Pat Patterson. Again. Oh, He's just, oh, by the way, Pat Patterson's a referee. Hey, okay. Pat Patterson's as good a referee as anybody. So I actually now realize why it took so long to explain the rules, because they probably didn't understand him the first three times. Well, he is from Canada. Yes, he has a very thick Canadian accent, if you're unaware. So they're face-to-face, they jaw-jack for a bit before being backed off. I said, the ref is Pat Patterson. LT slaps Bigelow, and the bell is rung. And JTT, or... Could barely ring the bell. It was terrible. He was, like, scared to ring it. He's like, ding. A-L-T clotheslines Bam Bam out of the ring, and he falls into the group of the wrestlers. Bam Bam gets back in the ring and tries to splash into the corner, but misses LT. LT comes back with a bulldog for a two. He then jumps to the ropes to try to get Bam Bam back into the ring, and the football players and the wrestlers kind of get face-to-face. But the two men jump back into the ring. Bam Bam gets the advantage with a boot to the ribs and kicks while he is down. So essentially, LT, you know, gets the hot start. But then when Bam Bam gets his shot in, he's now taking the match over. Uh, LT is body slammed and Bam Bam tries for a falling headbutt but misses. LT tries to uh, take over but is caught and rammed into the turnbuckles by Bam Bam. A long submission hold on LT, and eventually he gets to the ropes. 
Taylor then comes back with the suplex on Bam Bam. Leg drops, and Bam Bam hits uh, his greeting from Asbury Park. But he lands awkwardly and hurts his knee, and he can't keep, uh, can't keep the cover on. He then tries for a cover and only gets a two. LT hits some kind of move that Vince calls a jackknife. It was like a rolling somersault, like, he put him up with a power bomb, but, like, Bam Bam went up, to, I think, too fast, and he, he kind of just fell back onto his ass, and, like, LT rolled with him. It was, it was weird. Well, there is a jackknife pin that does involve um, a person, like, basically, Owen Hart does it a lot, basically, uh, you pin somebody, like, and you flip over their legs so that your back is on their stomach, and you're basically laying on top of them. Gotcha. Hmm. Um, either way, he gets a two. So Bam Bam hits an insigiri to the side of LT's head, taking him down. Taylor comes back with his shoulder tackles to the corner, and then climbs to the top rope for a flying clothesline. Oh, sorry. LT climbs to the top rope for a flying clothesline, hits it, and gets the cover. Your winner, LT. After the match, the NFL team celebrates with Jim Ross and... uh, Ted DiBiase's admonishing uh, Bam Bam saying, how, how dare you? You've lost to a, to a football player. This is an embarrassment to the Million Dollar Corporation. And then they just go off the air. Yeah. So what what did you think of the main event? I mean, for what it was, it was fine. Bam Bam is prob- was probably the best choice out of the roster to actually have a match like this. Because... He's one of those guys that you can basically have a good match with, with anything. Like, if you put Bam Bam Bigelow in there with a piece of rubber, he could have a match with it. So, it was, I mean, it was good for what it was. And LT was was still athletic. Yeah, no, I was really surprised. I mean, they weren't crisp, but they weren't bad either. For being a non-wrestler, I think he did really, really good. Yeah. So props to him. Now, did this lead to anything? Like, did LT just go back to the NFL? And they're just like, okay, that happened. I like, think LT was was retired at this point. Okay. And I and he didn't come back. Um, Bam Bam doesn't last that much longer. Yeah, than say, WWF. doesn't he show up in ECW here soon after yeah. to fight Taz and stuff? Yeah, he starts feuding with Taz, and he like throws Taz through the Spike Dudley, yeah. Spike Dudley into the crowd. Yeah, and so so there you go. Like, so uh, that's that's kind of a bummer then. So both men just kind of just fade eventually. Because well, yeah. I mean, Bam Bam doesn't necessarily fade, but he goes to ECW, then he shows up in WCW, WCW a couple years after that. Yep. When did he get the tattoo on his head? He's always had the tattoo on his head. Okay. He's always had the flame tattoos on his head. Gotcha. All right. So, uh, what would you give that WrestleMania overall? Like a three. Yeah, I was thinking a four. But I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with three. This was boring as shit. 
That Bret Hart match, I had never said once, I don't think, in this entire run so far, that WrestleMania, Bret Hart matches are boring. This was boring. But he'll redeem himself. Uh, what was your favorite match of the night? Um, Probably the Bam Bam match. If I'm going to be completely honest. And the, and the other thing is that there wasn't a ton of matches on their show. No, I, I was actually just thinking to myself, I'm like, I, I had to check the time. We've been recording it for an hour and four minutes at this point. But I had to check the time. Like, we were getting into the main event. I'm like, it's 43 minutes already. Holy crap. Like, they're already there? Like, yeah, there was barely any matches. But on the other hand, there was barely any skits or anything. And it was still a two-hour show, so they gave everything... Yeah, enough time show. to breathe yeah. for the most part, except for that first tag team match, which was like six minutes. But still, like they had enough time to have better matches. They just didn't have better matches. And it was nice too that they didn't have any weird like. Remember last year we had the Owen Hart versus Skinner match or whatever, or the year before last with a random yeah. like. Yeah, they didn't have anything stupid like that this year, or a complete squash. But I think, but I think that a show like WrestleMania needs, like maybe, like a match that, like a break match or a comedy match, to break up the tension. Because if we have all these just serious matches all the time, you get this where there's there's a lot of drama, but it doesn't necessarily like you don't have time to build the energy up to be invested in it. Gotcha. Um, my favorite match is probably the tag team match with Owen Hart and Yokozuna versus the Smoking Guns. But I would probably definitely say um, Bam Bam and Lawrence Taylor was pretty good too. All right. Should we figure out what, yeah. what the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer, had to say about this match? What did the Wrestling Observer Dave Meltzer yeah, have to say? Yeah, this card only had seven matches. All right. First match was the Lex Luger British Bulldog match. Point five stars. Okay. Jeff Jarrett versus Razor Ramon. 2.75. Well, okay. I mean, I don't like that it has a DQ finish, but the match itself was fine. Undertaker versus King Kong Bundy. I think this is probably... I gotta remember what was last year's WrestleMania with Her- was it Hercules last year? Did it do as bad uh, as a point? No, Hercules has been gone. No, 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 no. I think this is like the worst rated Undertaker match. Or maybe that wasn't Probably. one with Hercules. Point five. Hmm. Yeah. Not yeah, good. I mean, it wasn't much. Uh, Owen Hart versus uh, Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Smoking Guns, two stars. Okay. Uh, Bret Hart versus, Ayoko, uh, versus Bob Backlund, uh, 1.25. Yeah, it was a little good. generous. The shocker of the night, Shawn Michaels versus Diesel. Four stars. Four stars? Four stars. No. I think this must have been one of those instances where... At the time, it was a big deal. I guess. Because I know Dave has mentioned in the past, like, these star ratings are for at their time. You know, so. And it was for the WWF Championship, so. 
Bam Bam Bigelow and Torrance Slayer? Tar- Torrance, tar- whatever. 2.75. I, 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 you know, it, that's fair. Yeah. So no showstoppers, no classic shows. This WrestleMania just kind of felt like it's there. You know, like, like you said in the beginning of the episode, they didn't have anybody, so they just threw a bunch of stars out. And and they probably spent a lot of money getting those people. Yeah. I guarantee you're probably right. So, um, yeah, this is probably one of my worst WrestleManias. I, I, a three. I, I, still WrestleMania 11 or 12, excuse me. I'm looking forward to it. But, I mean, that's a one-match show. It really is. Now, come on, that's not fair. Yes, there is the Iron Man match in that show, but I believe that it's also the return of the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, Jesus, you're right. Against Triple H. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. I haven't begun watching it yet, but yes. So... We have the Iron Man match, and we have Undert- uh, Ultimate Warrior versus Triple H. Good stuff. Uh, any f- closing words? Never make Kevin Nash your champion. <laughs> well, Bad things happen. Yes. So, the next time you hear from us, it's going to be Japanese wrestling time. Yes. What are we going to be looking at? We're going to be looking at the Golden Star, Kota Ibushi. Yes. I can tell you now, we are watching a 2012 match between Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega. Yes. And some other good stuff. So, yeah. We'll be back. I and was- I'm, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say that I was trying to find one of the matches where he he um, fought against Yoshiko, the uh, doll, but I couldn't find the uh, full matches of those. Ah, only clips? Only clips. Oh, man. It's really too bad. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Check out, if this is the first time you've listened, there's a bird. In our podcast, he is the unannounced third man. We actually stole him from Coco Beware. <laughs> yes, the and we also of... have a dog in this in, in the podcast occasionally. Yeah, man, um, Doctor Doolittle over there. Yeah. So I live because I live on a farm. There you go. So there you go, guys. Check out our previous episodes. We have ten other episodes in the can as far as Wrestlemania goes we've also been doing uh, what three or four now of our Japanese wrestler spotlight we've looked at Mitsuhara Masawa we've looked at the Stone Pitbull um, who else have we looked at we did uh, Keiji Mudo most recently yep. and um, Tenru Tenru that's it so yeah good stuff but uh, until then, you can leave us feedback. 
ReviewManiaPodcast at gmail.com, CosmicPotato.com, and uh, see you when we see you. Bye.